Welcome to the Pharmacy Leaders Podcast with your host, Tony Guerra. The Pharmacy Leaders Podcast is a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network with interviews and advice on building your professional network, brand, and a purposeful second income from students, residents, and innovative professionals. All right, welcome to the Pharmacy Leaders Podcast. Today I have Dr. Adam Martin, who is a graduate of the University of Pittsburgh School of Pharmacy in 2012. He's a Worked as a full-time pharmacist in community practice ever since, but he's got a passion for science-based nutrition and physical fitness as a competitive natural bodybuilder. Uh, he's paired this with a support as a licensed owner of the Diet Doc, so he shares his best tips and keys to live a practical, healthy lifestyle outlined through simple solutions uh, to nail your nutrition, fit to, in fitness, and master your mindset, empowering you to be a healthy pharmacist uh, that inspires those you work with and serve in practice. So, Adam, welcome to the Pharmacy Leaders Podcast. Tony, thank you so much for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. So I, I always ask the same question about entrepreneurial road, but your entrepreneurial road has uh, many, many dimensions to it. So let's just actually start with the Fit Pharmacist movement and kind of explain what that is uh, and how that can help us as pharmacists to be healthier, uh, both mentally and physically. Certainly. So this all started back in uh, the wonderful world of pharmacy school that we all admire and adore. Um, <laughs> sure. I, for one, actually loved it. I know a lot of people joke about that, but I, I was a huge nerd man and still to this day am. Um, I ha absolutely loved my time in pharmacy school, the connections I built and everything else. Um, but how it started was I got really into just lifting, working out in uh, the end of my time in high school. And then when I got to pre-pharmacy, I got really into the nutrition aspect, so not just working out with the mindset of if I can pick things that are heavy up and put them down, I'm able to eat what I want. I tried that for a while, and then I didn't see the results I was looking for, and everyone kept telling me nutrition's where it's at, nutrition's where it's at. So I you know, put that aside for a while, you know, lifted with the ego and all that, and then I finally dove into nutrition, and the results hooked me. The impact that nutrition can have not just on your physical fitness, but your mental fitness and everything else propelled me towards a path that led me to where I am today. So whenever I got into pharmacy school, I had this passion of working out, nailing nutrition, and really focusing on the mindset. And when I did that, my workouts and physical activity improved, and so did my time in pharmacy school, my focus, my attention, and my results in the classroom. What I did notice is if I went out, let's say, and partied on a Friday night, a lot of alcohol, the next day, you know, you're foggy-minded, you don't sleep well, you're not really focused, so your workouts suffer, and so does your time in the class. So I noticed this kind of symbiotic relationship where if you invest in yourself and really take care of yourself in mind, body, and spirit, not only do you improve your own health, but you improve your performance as a pharmacist-to-be. But if you neglect that or even do things to hinder it, you suffer in your body, mind, and also your performance in the classroom as a pre-pharmacy student and as a pharmacist-to-be. So living through this and seeing those two different sides of the coin is really what created this movement. Because they saw my results and how much energy I had and how passionate I was about pharmacy school and just you know getting the most out of it, going to events, starting up things. Um, I was very active. I was president of my class, so I served as liaison between faculty and students. Um, created a ton of events in the community and just had this energy and this zest for pharmacy and just life. Um, so I had people that kept coming to me and saying, show me how to start. How do I get, you know, get this rolling? 
Um, I've tried it, but it failed. I don't know how to start. Like with the time, there's so many things to do. So helping people to simplify all the noise and really find what works for them and their schedule based on their goals allowed them to start getting started. And I thought, you know, I have something here. People are coming to me. This is really interesting. And then I started meeting other people once I graduated um, that were into the same mindset. They were in pharmacy, you know, varying niches in practice, but they really loved being physically and mentally fit. And they saw the benefits that it provided not only them, but if they're functioning at their 100%, they were able to provide more value to their patients and those they worked with. And that's really where the fit pharmacist movement comes from. And what it serves to do is create this community of pharmacists who are and students who are looking to be more and do more so that they can give more. And that's really the basis of why I do what I do. Okay. Well, let's, let's kind of break that down. So we've got exercise, we've got nutrition, and then it sounds like community as well. So let's start with the exercise. I think it's easier always to add something than it is to take it away. That sense of loss, especially with food and things like that, is almost immediate. So let's start with exercise. Uh, what does exercise mean to you or what does exercise mean to the people that you maybe coach or that you help? Uh, what, where do you start them at? Absolutely. So that's really what I look at and am a huge proponent of is it's really an individualized approach. Um, a lot of times people get motivated to get fit and they haven't been very active in quite a while or even sedentary. So they get this rush of motivation, go out for like a two mile run and then they're sore for the next five days and then that motivation has gone. Uh, so it really comes down to identifying the individuals why, why they're getting started. Um, if the motivating factor is more internal than external, meaning they're doing it for their own benefit, rather someone wants them to get healthy. Uh, we see this all the time where patients go to doctor's offices, they don't really want to lose weight or let's say even stop smoking. But the doctor, their family, their significant other says you need to lose weight or you need to stop smoking. But if they don't want to, it's not going to happen long term. So really identifying what their motivating factors are will allow them to move from a position of motivation to commitment. And I always like to explain these two because they sound similar, but they're very different. So motivation is you read a book, you get hyped up, you hear a podcast like this one, you're like, oh my God, I'm gonna go do it. And then in a couple days, you're back to where you were. Commitment is really identifying that why and coming to a place that you are going to make this happen. This is going to become a habit it's going to become a purpose for you. And there will be obstacles that come up. There will be days you don't feel like doing it, but being committed means doing things you know you want or need to do when you don't feel like doing it, if that makes sense. So really coming to someone's why and purpose is what will lead them to long-term change when it comes to activity. The other thing is really identifying the individual as a person. So what are their goals? Um, I have several clients I work with, but they all have very different goals. One wants to lose over 100 pounds. One wants to gain muscle. And the other one I'm working with, uh, just to highlight three of them, uh, really doesn't care about the scale or weight. They just want to feel like they have more energy because they want to just be more invested in life. So they're very different goals. So if I were to come to you and say, you know, just walk five, five days a week for a half hour. Well, that's not really meeting someone where they are. Have they been walking before? Are they a previous marathon runner? Have they, are they morbidly obese and have no activity? So really getting to know what someone's goals are, where they are starting, 
And then obviously going through, you know, any medications they're taking, any injury history, things of that nature um, will really help to set the, the scale for where we can start. Um, and that's the most important thing is, is really making it an individualized approach, identifying their goals and then asking them, what have you tried? What do you like? What don't you like? Because um, if you just give a cookie cutter plan and this is kind of dovetailing into nutrition because a lot of people want to get healthy they see a, a magazine ad or so forth, so they just want to, you know, copy what Halle Berry did. But her <laughs> yeah, body, sure, yeah, or like the the Beyonce diet mm-hmm. or whatever it is now. Um, but you know that worked for them, but that's a very different person. They have a different starting point. They have different preferences. Not everyone likes chicken and broccoli. So if I were to tell you, you know, eat clean and do that, is it sustainable? Is it long term? Because that one key is what's going to lead someone to lasting change. Um, and then I'll tie this really into health overall, is everyone says, oh, the United States is obese, we have a weight loss problem. That's not it. America, us, you, me, we're very good at losing weight. Have, how many times have the listeners <laughs> yes. lost 10 pounds? Yeah. And, you know, it's keeping it, it off, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So that comes down to sustainability, and that's where all of those things I touched on really come into play um, from an activity level, you had asked where to start. Um, so before we start, we really need to get to know the person and build that relationship. That's really what the core of my business is all about. And the movement is building these relationships with people and getting to know them as a person. So I guess uh, you're you're pretty up on the, the recent technological changes. So uh, I think Express Scripts just came out with their pharmacist in a box where it's kind of like a red box and they're going to be dispensing prescriptions. Uh, and then Amazon certainly entering into the space. But it just kills me that you know, they'll, they'll pay the physician for the visit for a person to come to them for hypertension, and then they would pay the pharmacy for the pills. But is there a model that you can see where there would be reimbursement to say, well, why don't you just go to Adam? You'll lose 100 pounds. You won't need the doctor visits anymore, and you won't need the pills anymore. Is there? Do you see in pharmacy where we fit into that model? Because I feel like that's where we really fit is, hey, we can help you one-on-one get to where you really need to be to be truly healthy, not throwing pills at you. Absolutely. Um, I think we're positioned perfectly for that because we're the most accessible healthcare providers. We are part of a team, um, and I have tremendous respect for you know physicians, nurses, PAs, and everyone else in healthcare. But as a pharmacist, you know you can call the pharmacy and, and they we pick up the phone right away. You can stop in, you get immediate FaceTime. Versus seeing a doctor, there's that wait time, scheduling appointment, and so forth. Um, so you know getting to the source right away. That's we're positioned so well to serve our patients in that capacity. And for the pharmacist or even pharmacy students listening, how many times just in a day has someone come to you and said, you know, is this supplement good for weight loss? What's the best one? Um, just starting with that thing, or they're asking you which of my medications are causing weight gain. So they might not necessarily directly be saying it, but them asking you about weight or health is just opening the door that this is something that's probably important to them, and they're looking to explore options. So being able to refer a patient in that capacity and and positioned as an accessible practitioner that's really an advocate for their overall health, I think that's phenomenal for the profession because there's so many different areas we can go. And being aligned as a health coach or nutrition consultant 
can add that layer because you have the background with the medication knowledge um, can really help the patient in the long run. I know I'm trying to split things that probably shouldn't be split, but you're so your your health coaching would be coaching someone with the exercise, or does that also include nutrition? And then we'll get into nutrition in a little bit. But uh, exp- how does that work? So uh, let's say I hire you as a health coach. Where does first of all are you called a health coach, and then where does that start? Uh, and then kind of how does that process work? Because I don't think people people maybe understand that in high school they had a coach that you know was in charge of the team. Or maybe they've even had a personal trainer that they talked to, or maybe they've been told to go to a nutritionist. But it sounds like it you're it doesn't work because if you like just do the exercise, it's not gonna work. If you maybe just try the nutrition, it might work. But can you better explain how you bring things together? Because I think you kind of need a whole body person or a whole, you know, kind of a, a much more global look at it than these kind of individual ways of, that they bill for, you know, helping helping a person with their health. Absolutely, Tony. And I think that's a phenomenal point that you brought up um, that a lot of people overlook. Uh, with health, it's not just how do you look or what does your meals look like? Or are you eating clean and being extremely restrictive so you feel socially isolated, not having ice cream? What it really comes down to is sustainability and how you do that. Just like you said, if you you know work out every day, that's great. But if you crush two pizzas and a pint of ice cream, how is that going to help? <laughs> 12,000 calorie yeah. challenge or whatever that is. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. or 10,000. Yeah. yeah, I have a couple friends in bodyboarding world who, yeah, <laughs> I digress. But so that's the, the fitness part, physical fitness. Then we have nutritional fitness. So if you eat well, yes, you can lose weight without working out, but you're going to miss out on the cardiovascular benefits that cardio has. You're going to miss out on the bone benefits. So when you are under weight-bearing exercise, that will help to strengthen your bones, which can be especially important in the elderly to prevent osteoporosis and so forth, um, and your muscle. So looking at the body as an energy system. Muscle tissue, skeletal muscle, is the most expensive tissue to maintain calorically. And what I mean by that is if you have more muscle, it's very expensive from an energy perspective for the body to maintain that. So you're going to burn more calories. Now, with that being said, I'm not saying everyone go be a bodybuilder. Uh, It's a very small subculture, uh, and that's kind of my own thing. I don't really promote anyone being a bodybuilder, it's, a, it's, a, it's an awesome lifestyle, but it's not for everyone, and I get that. But if you incorporate weight-bearing exercises like weightlifting or machines, in addition to some cardio, that's going to maximize what we call the functional metabolism. So looking at your body, your calories you burn, let's say if you just sat on the couch all day, you're going to burn calories. That's set at a genetic level, roughly about 70%. But there is some leeway, depending on the individual, that percentage varies, but there is what we call the functional metabolism. So what you do with your body, so if you're just sitting on the couch all day versus going out and walking and being active, your metabolism is going to change. You can't change the genetic factor, but the little part of you know increasing that heart rate during running and so forth, that you can impact through exercise weightlifting, cardio, and so forth. So we looked at two. We looked at nutrition. We looked at exercise physically. However, that's what most things do, and they're missing the biggest and most important determining factor 
to results and long-term sustainability. And that comes to mental fitness, mindset, psychology. So why do you eat how you do? Why do you work out how you do? It's all about the mindset. And this is a great topic, especially for, for your listeners, so pharmacy students and pharmacists. How many of you guys have worked in the pharmacy and had a tech call off or the computers <laughs> went broke? You know, this never happens. Never, 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 happens. never, never especially happens. not on a Monday, especially not no. at the beginning of the year when was, there's no yeah, insurances, January. you know, and, and yeah, never happens. Exactly, exactly. So it seem, it sounds like I'm sure all of you are nodding your heads or smirking a little or just putting your palm in your hands, <laughs> your head in your hands saying, oh my God, I have to work tomorrow <laughs> or something of that nature. But what happens? You don't have time to eat or you're just you know so stressed out that when you do finally get home, the next thing you know, all the cupboards are open, the food's gone and you say, holy crap, what just happened? And you know, you started the day with good intentions, but all of those environmental triggers, that stress, not being able to eat on time, not having strategies in place, when you get home, you literally partake in what's known as emotional eating. You literally eat out of emotion. You might not necessarily be hungry or when you start eating, you're hungry, but then you go past the point of hunger and you just eat to eat because you're using food as a modality to curb your emotions. It's a real thing and it's extremely prevalent in healthcare, especially pharmacy being such a high stress job, depending again on what niche you work in. So let's say going back to where we started here, let's say you have a workout plan, you know, you, you have a nutritional plan you've been following, but if you don't address the psychology, the mindset to really strengthen that core component, you can, you know, walk out and walk and stick to your workout plan and stick to your nutrition plan. But if you eat out of emotion, if you don't know how to manage stress, those two plans are going to go right out the window. So it really comes down to, I guess you could say a three prong approach mental fitness, physical fitness, and nutritional fitness. Once you have a plan customized for the individual, looking at what their specific needs, preferences, and goals are in those three areas, combine those with a science-based approach, so not jumping on the fad diet bandwagon or copying a workout you saw in a magazine or you know just reading Reader's Digest and just you know going there, which is a good place to start, but a science-based approach proven to work through research, through time, paired with someone who knows what they're doing, who have done this, been through that process, and can support you because I know this might seem far-fetched, but when we start something, we tend we can get off track in any of those three areas. So having an, someone that holds you accountable as a nutrition consultant that's well-versed in all three of these areas will be able to be your support system. Because the number one, if you look at people, just digressing for a moment, looking for people who successfully lose weight. Okay, let's just look at this. There is a study that's been going on since the early 90s known as the National, the NWCR, the National Weight Control Registry. They've tracked over 10,000 people, it's well over that number now, um, who have lost significant weight and kept it off long term. And they wanna know, you know, what. What are the key characteristics for these people that maintain this lifestyle? And while this is geared at weight loss, the factors, the characteristics, the skills they have can be applied to anything related to health. Because really what it comes down to is what did they do that allowed them to implement a health-related habit 
and stick to it long term. That's really what we're after, right? So looking at that, it comes down to what what they did. And having an accountability partner, whether that's your spouse, a friend, or a coach, that's really one of the big things that keeps you on track. Because all of us will have Dave, all of us will have days, myself included, where you don't feel like going to the gym. You don't feel like preparing your meals and you want to skip out on a pizza or whatever. That's life. That happens. And it's okay to, you know, go from here and there and not be so strict and rigid and black and white, which is another psychological thing we touch on is black and white thinking. But if you're able to have someone that keeps you on track, gives you that support and work through those struggles to make it easy to simplify the solution for you, that's going to allow you that when you do veer off the path, you can come back. And it's not a linear progression, whether that's weight loss, weight gain, or whatever your goal is, it's going to be kind of oscillatory. So how do you come back to the path? Willpower is finite and limited and it comes and goes, but that gets you started. But having to stay long-term, how to implement those, and when obstacles come up, be that a different social setting, a uh, different diet, or you're going through a life crisis, relationship changes, job changes, uh, you get fired, whatever that may be, how are you going to deal with those? How are you going to come back on path and stick to the plan? That's where the value of a nutritional consultant and a coach really comes into play. Uh, that whole system of support, uh, which is what really the foundation of what I do is based on is a science-based approach. So things that actually work and are proven through research without relying on drugs or supplements or you know what's the latest thing in vogue or whatever the, whatever the magazine is. But pairing that with support, so going through this, I started as a client with this system years ago, and it had such profound impact on my life. I thought, you know, this this is needed, especially in pharmacy. Um, I have a tremendous passion for our profession, and I can only help so many patients. But if I can help those who serve patients, the pharmacists, the pharmacy students, and able to help them come into power with their nutrition, their mindset, and their physical fitness – I can then help all of their patients. And that's kind of where my purpose and my why comes from. Awesome. All right. Well, what we'll do is uh, this is a, we, we get our, most of our listeners around drive time. So around 20 minutes. So what I want to do is bring you back for some case studies in our next episode. So Adam Martin, thanks for being on the Pharmacy Leaders Podcast. Thank you so much for your time, Tony. It's been an honor. I hope you guys have an awesome day. Support for this episode comes from the audiobook Memorizing Pharmacology, a relaxed approach. With over 9,000 sales in the United States, United Kingdom, and Australia, it's the go-to resource to ease the pharmacology challenge. Available on Audible, iTunes, and Amazon.com. In print, ebook, and audiobook. Thank you for listening to the Pharmacy Leaders Podcast with your host, Tony Guerra. Be sure to share the show with the hashtag #PharmacyLeaders. 